Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Oh man, you guys happy to be here this morning? Come on, God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. How many talented people do we have in the room? Come on, how many, how many prideful we got people? No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, how many talented, gifted people? That's okay. So just, just every hand should go up right now. Every talented, gifted people in this room. Every, every hand go up. God has gifted you. God has given you abilities, talents. Absolutely amazing. I think one of the biggest things, and I'm starting to see this in, in my daughter. I'm starting to see, even at nine months old, that my daughter is, is a worshiper. She's drawn in. Whenever uh, somebody's playing the piano or somebody's playing the guitar, she's just drawn to it. I don't know what it is. She just like crawls on over there. She starts trying to sing. She can't really sing at all. She, she sings a lot like me at this point, um, but she's like trying to carry a note. She's trying to go and she just screams at the top of her lungs. She goes and goes and goes. But as a young person, I came alive on the athletic field, on the sports field. If you put a stick in my hand, a ball at my feet, that's when I came alive the most. And I think as parents, your job is to foster and help develop those talents, gifts, and abilities that your children are are drawn to. Like, what are those things? My, My parents put me in a lot of different things, whether in music or arts or sports, but it was really sports where I came the most alive. I had the honor and the privilege to go play soccer at at the University of Notre Dame. And Notre Dame, yeah, it's great with its academics, but it's really known for its sports, really known for its athletics, incredible, incredible athletics. And every year we, we would draw some of the best players from all over the nation to come in. So going into my sophomore year, there was a new freshman class coming in. There was like six, seven kids from all over the country, amazing, amazing athletes. But there was one in particular that our coaches were raving about. I'll call him Mike. Mike was from, from the Midwest. Mike coming out of high school was like one of the top recruits in the country. In high school, he had a 40-inch vertical, which if you know anything about sports, you're like, it means standing here, jumping 40 inches off the ground. He could run a 4-4-40. Incredible, incredible speed. All the potential in the world. Coaches were so excited about it. And as athletes, we were like, oh man, he's going to be on our team? Like, this is going to be amazing. Come on, bring him in. He was filled with potential. But after two years at Notre Dame, he didn't play in a single game, and he transferred out of the school, and he never played soccer again in his life. It was the epitome of potential unrefined. Unrefined. See, when you're a young person, or even some of you sitting here right now, you have potential to do something, but potential undeveloped isn't talent. It's just wasted potential. It's a gift, talent, and ability that you just never used. You didn't even use it. It's amazing to see what happens when someone does not develop their potential. This morning, we're going to dive into a story about Joseph. So if you you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis 37. Genesis 37. I'm going to talk through this story uh, more than read a whole lot about it, but it starts in, in Genesis 37. Genesis 37 is when we first encounter this man, Joseph. Joseph is a 17-year-old boy at this time. And the first lines about Joseph, this is what it says, that he was tending sheep with his brothers out in the field. And when they came back, Joseph gave a bad report about his brothers. Anybody have that brother or sister that was that, like the tattletale, would just like report you? How many of you were that? How many of you were that? Uh, just be honest. <laughs> was it, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I'm telling you. Uh, so we have this story. So we, we hear Joseph is quick to throw people under the bus. Quick to throw people at 17. The second thing we find out about Joseph is that he's a dreamer. Joseph is a dreamer. He has, these, he has this first dream. This is his first dream. 
at 17, he has 11 brothers. He says, I had this dream that we were gathering wheat in the fields. And we each had a sheave of wheat. And my sheave stood up and your 11 sat down or bowed down to mine. He has another dream. And his, his second dream is the sun, the moon, and the stars all were bowing down to me. Now you have to understand something about Joseph's family. Who is Joseph's great-grandfather? Abraham. Who's Joseph's grandfather? Isaac. Who's Joseph's father? Jacob, whose name is actually changed to Israel. Joseph grew up in a family of dreamers. Sometimes at 17, you think, maybe by reading this, you think Joseph, just out of curiosity, was bringing this dream to his brothers. Hey guys, I had this puzzling dream last night. What do you think it means? No, 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 no. They grew up in a family of dreamers. Joseph, at 17, knew exactly what this dream meant. So he brings his first dream to his brothers. And his brothers aren't saying like, hey, let's inquire of the Lord and figure out what this means. They knew exactly what it meant. They were like, are you serious? You really think you're going to rule and reign over us? You're like the youngest. You're, you're the second youngest. Are you, are you for real right now? Then the second time, he brings it to his father and his family, all of his brothers. And now his dad says, are you crazy, son? You really think this is going to happen? You really think this is going to happen? The story of Joseph just goes like this. His brothers hated him. I have no idea why. Uh, it's pretty shocking. They just had no reason for this. Uh, so one day, it says his brothers were in the field tending to the sheep. And their dad says, Jacob says, Joseph, go see how your brothers are doing. Now, now remember how Joseph was about this, right? So if you were doing a poor job, what was he going to bring back? He was that guy. He's like, if he's going to go report on you, he's probably going to bring back a bad report. Probably not, not going to be good. So his brothers see him coming from a distance. And this is how far it's gone. They say, let's kill him. Okay, that's like, that's pretty far. Like, that's, that's way too far. But in this story, sometimes we idolize one of the brothers. Reuben speaks up and says, no, guys, 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 don't kill him. Let's just throw him in the pit. Let's, let's throw, throw, him in, throw him in the pit and leave him, and then we're going to go away. Uh, and so he comes closer. They tear his robe off. They throw him in this pit. And th- their plan is to go back uh, and, and make up the story that Joseph died. He was eaten by a wild animal. And during this time, traders come, pull Joseph out of this pit, and sell him uh, to the Ishmaelites who are going to bring him to, to Egypt. Joseph at 17 had two dreams, two dreams. Remember this. We're going to come back to this. Two dreams that were incredibly significant to his life. Now Joseph was no longer with a family, no longer with his friends, no longer with his brothers. He was en route to Egypt. It says the Ishmaelites sold him into slavery into Potiphar's house. At 17, Joseph became a slave in Egypt. And let's read what it says about him. This is in Genesis 39. You can flip on over, starting in verse 2. It says, The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man, serving in the household of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made everything he did successful, Joseph found favor in his master's sight, and became his personal attendant. Potiphar also put him in charge of his household, and placed all that he owned under his authority. From the time that he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house because of Joseph. The Lord's blessing was on all that he owned in his house and in his fields. He left all that he owned under Joseph's authority. He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. How many of you love your jobs right now? You like love your job. You love what you do. 
Anybody have a job that you just hated? Anybody have a job? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like some people raise their hand twice. Uh, same job. So, <laughs> it's like, I love it. I hate it. I don't know. Confused. <laughs> Every day is different. So Joseph, Joseph is now. You have to understand this. Joseph had two dreams. What were his dreams? That he was going to rule, that he was going to reign. Now Joseph, at 17 years old, is sold into slavery. Sold into slavery. I don't know about you, but slavery is very far from ruling and reigning. Very, very far. It's kind of the complete opposite. But I want you to see something. It says, the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. God never left Joseph. His situation changed. His circumstance changed. But God never left Joseph. It says, even as a slave, he was successful. Anybody know any slaves that are successful? He was a successful slave. He used his talents, his gifts, his ability to steward someone else's stuff. And out of that, Joseph was made successful. Potiphar was made successful. And it says that Potiphar looked at Joseph and said, the Lord is with him. You have to understand something. Potiphar did not believe in God. He was a non-believer. And he looked at the life of Joseph and said, the Lord's with this one. The Lord is with this one. Come on, somebody. This is for all of us here this morning. Has your boss ever looked at you and said, the Lord is with this one? I don't know. There's something about him. I'm going to put him or her over everything. The Lord is with this one. The Lord's with this one. The Lord's with this one. The Bible goes on to tell us that Joseph was well-built and handsome. You know, when the Bible says that, it's not lying. This boy was good looking. God made him well. So he was in this house, and Potiphar had a wife. And you got to understand, Potiphar was, was a high-ranking official, so his wife was probably really good-looking as well. And day after day, she would come to him and say, would you sleep with me? Can you, would you come and sleep with me? And Joseph, day after day, would run away and say, no, 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 I can't do that. I can't do that. I want you to see something. In Proverbs 3, you guys can just write this down. I'm going to read this real quick. Proverbs 3. This is what it says. Never let loyalty and faithfulness leave you. Tie them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will find favor and high regard in the sight of God and man. Joseph had an opportunity to betray his master, however you think about it. But Joseph knew something. He knew that loyalty and faithfulness, with those two things, comes high regard and favor with God and with man. Joseph, even to his master's wife, he says, I'm going to be loyal and faithful with my talents, with my gifts, with my abilities, even my appearance to my master. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful. This situation didn't quite go the way Joseph thought. He's accused of trying to sleep with her. She makes up this really crazy story. And then he's thrown into prison. And I want you to see this next piece because this piece is significant to loyalty and faithfulness. Again, it's in Genesis 37, in verse 21 now, 21. It says, But the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him. He granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. The warden put all the prisoners who were in the prison under Joseph's authority. And he was responsible for everything that was done there. The warden did not bother with anything under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And the Lord made everything that he did successful. I want you to see something. Your loyalty, your faithfulness, 
You, you honoring God with all that you have, all that, you, all, all that you've been placed under, all that's been given to you, doesn't always look like the way you think it should look like. But God says, I will never leave you. I will never leave you. I will never leave you. No matter where you go, it completely changed. He was a slave, got accused of something he didn't even do, was walking in loyalty and faithfulness, and now he was sent to the prison. Sent to the prison. It looked worse, and he was still successful. God was still with him. He was still loyal. He was still faithful. He's like, I am not backing down. I am not backing down. I'm going to be faithful with what the Lord's given me. And he used his talents, his gifts, his abilities to once again to take care of someone else's stuff. And you have to understand something. Where he was, he didn't know if he was ever getting out of there. He's in prison now. He's in prison. As the story goes, this isn't just any prison. This is the prison where if Pharaoh wants to send someone there, that's where they go. It's like royal officials get sent to Joseph's prison. Joseph was ruling over the whole prison. Two people get sent there. Pharaoh's cupbearer and the baker. And the baker. They both have dreams one night, and they wake up in anguish. Joseph comes to them as, as the leader of this whole thing and says, hey, I see that you're sad. I see something's going on. What's going on, guys? They said, oh, we had dreams. And Joseph's like, oh, this is easy. Oh, good. He's like, I know somebody who can interpret dreams. He says, don't all dreams belong to God? He's like, tell me your dream. Both these men tell Joseph their dreams. The first guy, he says, in three days, you're going to be lifted up out of here and you're going to be back at Pharaoh's side. And he says, yes, that's awesome. Great interpretation. I like that one. And the baker says, since that was a favorable answer, I'll take mine too. What's mine? Here's my dream. And Joseph says, uh, in three days, Joseph's get, or Pharaoh's going to kill you. He's like, yeah, yeah, I don't believe that. Yeah, that's, that's, that one's probably wrong. That one's probably wrong, probably a wrong interpretation. But in three days, exactly what Joseph said had happened. But one of the things he said to the cupbearer before he left was, when you get lifted up out of this place, because Joseph was so confident that what he just spoke was going to happen, remember me. Remember me and get me out of here. It's like, I've been forgotten in this place. I'm just stuck in prison. Two years go by. Two years where Joseph is still going through it. The cupbearer didn't remember him until one day Pharaoh has a couple dreams. Pharaoh has two dreams, two significant dreams. I want you to understand this. Pharaoh begins to dream dreams so significant that he says, these must be interpreted. This is a big deal. This is a really big deal. Two dreams, two significant dreams. And I want you to see this. If you go to Genesis... 41, starting in verse 25, this is what Joseph says to Pharaoh. Pharaoh's dreams mean the same thing. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good heads are seven years. The dreams mean the same thing. The seven thin, ugly, clou- uh, ugly cows that came up after them are seven years, and the seven worthless, scorched heads of grain are seven years of famine. It is just as I told Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt. After them, seven years of famine will take place, and all abundance in the land of Egypt will be forgotten. The famine will devastate the land. The abundance in the land will not be remembered because of the famine that follows it. For the famine will be very severe. Now, take note of verse 32. 
Because the dream was given twice to Pharaoh, it means the matter has been determined by God, and he will soon carry it out. Who earlier in this story had two dreams? What did Joseph know about two dreams? He said, if you have two dreams that are similar, that are exactly the same, he says, God has determined to make this matter come to pass, and he will soon carry it out. So Joseph reveals something about the 13 years. He's sitting here at 30 years old now. At 17, he became a slave. He became a prisoner. For 13 years, he was stuck in this. But Joseph had the word of the Lord. Joseph had the word of the Lord. He had two dreams, and he knew something about two dreams. What was it? It was going to come to pass. He's like, I'm just buying my time. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be loyal. I don't care if I'm a slave. I don't care if I'm a prisoner. This situation could get worse, get worse, get worse. But I have the word of the Lord. Joseph had the word of the Lord. Some of us right now don't have the word of the Lord. That's why you're floundering. Some of us have the word of the Lord, and that's why you're in a horrible situation, but you're successful. Some of us have buried the dreams of God God, that God has for us, we've buried them. Some of us have forgotten them. Joseph is telling Pharaoh, if you read between the lines, I still know what God's called me to do. I still know it. I still know it. I'm standing here at 30, 13 years later. My family's long gone. I don't even know if they remember me. I'm in prison forever. Joseph goes on to, to say this. He says, so now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this. Let him appoint overseers over the land and take one-fifth of the harvest of the land of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. Let them gather all the excess food during these good years that are coming. Store the grain under Pharaoh's authority as food in the cities and preserve it. The food will be a reserve for the land during the seven years of famine that will take place in the land of Egypt. Then the country will not be wiped out by famine. So listen, the dream interpretation would have been good. That, that would have been good. It would have been like, okay, that's good. At least we, we kind of know how to move forward. But Joseph then takes it one step further. And he says, I'm going to give you a business solution from heaven that is going to solve your problem. It's going to solve your problem. This is what God is doing in the body of Christ right now, in this day, in this hour. He is releasing divine business solutions. He's releasing divine governmental solutions that would be released in the highest levels of authority that would position you to speak into the lives of those above you. I guarantee you right now, God is surrounding President-elect Donald Trump with people like this. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. I don't know who they are. They're people like Joseph that you may never hear about. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. If you're in business or you have a job, I just want you to stand to your feet right now. I want you to stand to your feet. This isn't the close. This is the middle. We're going to keep going after this. God is releasing divine business solutions. Come on. I just want you to open up your hands right now. I believe God has called you to your place of work to solve the problems that your boss may have, to solve the problem that your clients may have, to solve the problem. There are divine business solutions being released right now in this hour. Father, I bless this body of believers, and I release answers from heaven. 
I release answers from heaven. God, Pharaoh says of him, and this will be said of these people standing here right now. He says, can we find anyone like this? A man who has the spirit of God in him. Father, that's a non-believer speaking to Joseph and saying the spirit of God is in him. We just release the spirit of God in greater and greater fullness over these business people, over every single one who has a job right now, for, that they would tune their ears to the spirit of God more and more and more and more and more right now right now, right now. I thank you that you are successful in what you do. Your hands are successful. Your bosses are successful. They see that what you're doing is changing everything around them. Father, we release divine solutions right now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Come on, let's keep going. Joseph had, had come a long way. Joseph had come a long way. That day, that morning, he, he woke up in the prison. But that night, he was going to bed in the palace. Do you know how my God works? Do you know how your God works? He can work swiftly and quickly. Come on, this whole time, this entire time, this entire time, Joseph, as a 17-year-old punk who was telling on his brothers, full of pride, God took 13 years to teach him to train him as a slave, as a slave, guys. You want to talk about being any more humble than that situation? As a slave. God says, oh, you're going to be prideful? Okay, I'm going to bring you low. I'm going to teach you humility right now. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to use your gifts, talents, abilities to serve somebody else because someday your dreams will come to pass and you'll be holding on to your own stuff and serving a nation and saving people. But if you don't take care of somebody else's stuff right now that I'm entrusting you to, forget it. Forget it. You can, you, can be in this, you can be as a slave. You can be as a prisoner for a long time. A long time. A long time. But he was faithful as a slave. In the prison. In the prison. The prison system. Come on. That couldn't have looked any worse for him. But he still used his talents, his gifts, his abilities. And God was developing a spirit of humility. God was developing and teaching him how to rule and reign over people so that someone else could be successful. As this story goes the seven years of abundance do come. And Joseph is placed above all of it. And he's running it. He's second in command. Pharaoh says, you're second in command. The only reason I'm above you is because of my throne. But I give it all to you. He's like, nothing's going to happen in this whole land without you saying so. Can you imagine that? In one day, if you woke up and every dream that God has placed upon your heart happened in one moment, an opportunity came your way. An opportunity came and it was right up his alley. And Joseph is walking in humility. He's loving it. He's loving it. He's loving it. And then the seven years of famine come. Seven years of famine. And he's still presiding over this. One day, one of these days was pretty significant. One day, his brothers come. His brothers come and are now bowing at his feet, begging for food. Oh my goodness. Can you even imagine that? Can you imagine the emotions going through him? It says his brothers didn't even recognize him. How insulting. I can imagine for him. Like, are you, are you serious, God? He, he, it says he knew exactly who they were, but they didn't even recognize him. They had forgotten about him. They, they just assumed he was dead at this point. Oh my gosh, like, let's rub it in a little bit. And Joseph has this time of this opportunity. He plays around with them a little bit. You can read it yourself. It's a long story. You can keep reading. But at the end of the day, he says, go get my youngest brother, Benjamin. 
Go get, go get, go get your, your youngest brother, like Benjamin. You said um, he's not with you. You said the another brother's dead. He brings them all in to, to eat with him. And then he sends all, all the servants, all the slaves, everyone else away. And Joseph has this moment, this just breakdown moment, where emotionally he can't handle it anymore. He says, God, guys, I'm Joseph. It says, in that moment, they all didn't know what to say. They're all like, what? What are you, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> like, he says, I'm Joseph. I'm the brother that you thought you had actually killed, you thought you gave away, but God has used this for good. This was actually God who did this. You want to talk about humility? You want to talk about, hey, how someone was no longer operating in pride, but walking in complete humility, that that's why he was in that position. It wasn't because he was so talented or so gifted. It was because he used that with humility as a pillar. He's like, that can stand, that can move. And when his brothers were really in that place, Joseph, walking in humility with his talents, his gifts, his abilities, changed everything and saved a nation. He said, go get my father. Go get my father. Do you know how long Joseph was in the palace for? He was in there for 80 years. 80 years. 80 years. Can you imagine as he got older, thinking back, those 13 years weren't so bad? Oh, those 13, yeah, that, that wasn't so bad because I've been living in the palace for 80 years. Actually, my whole nation, my, my dad, my family, all of them are saved because I walked through that. Are you kidding? Some of us right now are in that 13-year period where it seems horrible, it seems terrible, it seems like you're never going to get out. But just like, just like Joseph, there is a time where God will exalt you. If you're willing to humble yourself and learn the lessons that need to be learned in that season, God the whole time, as a slave, as a prisoner, was preparing him to rule and reign. Joseph's trajectory or his game plan for how to get there was different than the Lord's for sure. But God said, I'm still going to do it. If the worship team wants to come back up. Some of us this morning have completely given up on the dreams that God has given us. Some of us still don't know them. But I want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for every single person in this room. And God has been preparing you for it, even if it didn't look like it. Even if it didn't feel like it. Even if it didn't seem like that. I'm sure Joseph had some bad days. Guys, I'm sure he had some moments where, God, is this ever going to happen? You guys know Joseph didn't have a Bible at that time? He just spent time with the Lord. That's all he had. He inquired of the Lord. He would learn from the Lord. For some of us right now, we're just saying, man, if I just read my Bible a little bit more. God this morning is going to stir up some dreams. If you guys want to stand to your feet with me, I'm going to ask the elders uh, and the leaders to come forward right up, right up front here. God is going to stir up dreams. God is going to stir up passions. God is going to stir up desires inside of every single one of us right here in this place. Some of you, some of you are saying, I have no idea God's plan for my life. I have no, I didn't even know God had a dream for my life. I didn't even know this. I didn't even know. But when God created you, he put a dream in your heart. And he wants you to fulfill it. He wants you to walk in it. He wants you to accomplish it. This isn't just for the Josephs of the world, guys. It didn't look like this was ever going to happen. And in one day, he was lifted up. In that one day, 
You really think he woke up that day in the prison thinking, ah, oh, just, you know, I'm going to go to bed in the palace tonight. This is going to be good. Today's the day. No, but for 13 years, the Lord had been preparing him to rule and reign. Some of you are in a season of preparation right now. And you've discounted this season. You said, no, this, this season's horrible. You've been complaining about your boss this whole time. I would challenge you. God set up the body of Christ in a very unique way. He said, there's going to be apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and who am I missing? Evangelists. And he says, this group of people are going to train up the people of God for the work of the ministry. For the work of the ministry. How many of you, by show of hands, work in this building? You, you actually work in this build, like right here. You work at Grace Capital Church. How many of you work in the world? Yeah, what, what a genius plan. If 99% of you work out there, why is 99% of the ministry taking place in here? It should be the opposite. In your homes, in your schools, in your place of work, that's where it should be taking place. You're here for an hour and a half on Sunday mornings. This is a celebration. We as pastors and leaders get to speak into your life, but you gotta go and do it. You gotta go and do it. Notice how Joseph wasn't a priest. Joseph wasn't a pastor. Joseph was a slave. He was a prisoner. And then he was second in command in government. He never held the title of pastor or priest. But if Joseph wasn't doing his part, a whole nation wouldn't have been saved. Joseph was divinely placed there. Some of you need to know that right now. You have been divinely placed where you are called to work. That is not by a chance. It's not by accident that you're there. God has sent you there. God has called you there. You may not even like it there. God says, I don't care. You think Joseph liked being a slave? But he was faithful and I was with him. You think Joseph liked being in the prison? Nope, but he was faithful. But God was with him. God never left him. God doesn't leave you when you walk out this building. He goes with you. He goes before you. He goes behind you. God has prepared you for every single season you're in right now. This is what we're going to do. John and the team are going to lead us in worship. If you want someone to pray with you regarding your dreams, regarding God's plans for your life, I want you to come forward and find somebody. I believe the prophetic is going to be released right now, that dreams are going to be stirred up in this house right now in the midst of worship. That even, even dreams of your heart, that you may be like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just need confirmation. I just need confirmation. I want you to come forward as well. And these people are going to release a word over you that is going to confirm in your heart what God has in store for you and your life. Let's pray right now. So Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the testimony of Joseph. God, he was a man who, who honored you with all that he had, even as a slave, even as a prisoner, even as second in command in government. God, we want to honor you with all that we've been given. With all that we've been given. We love you. We love you. We love you, King Jesus. As we sing this song together, Father, we want you to bring to mind the dreams that you've placed on our hearts. God, some of us are just floundering. Some of us are just going to work every single day with no purpose, with no feeling. 
just don't even know why we're there. Father, we thank you that you're stirring up in every single heart right now. God, we love you. And we just come into complete agreement with the plans and purposes you have for our lives. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 